0: we Welcome back to another episode of N Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. Episode 300, but we're not celebrating yet. Don't put down the champagne, everyone. Turn off the fireworks. We're not celebrating just yet. It's not time. Uh, also with us is indie games editor Campbell Gill.
1: The queen may be dead, but the Nintendo hype lasts forever. Oh my God! Um, we are recording that's... this in the evening of September eighth, two thousand twenty-two. So just for, I, I you don't know, even know for those how to up respond responded that fears. that's that's one of the
0: most. Like, listen, Campbell, I'm here for it. That is one of the most wildly insensitive things I've ever heard. You're uh, but I, I'm on board with it. Um, everyone should go watch RRR if you want to get a taste of British colonialism.
1: Um, <laughs> This is what you come to the IEXPress Nintendo Podcast for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the hot colonial takes,
0: <laughs> for uh, for news about the passing of the Queen of England, as well as other fun topics. Getting back on track here, um, so <laughs> we, we uh, listen. It's it's uh, it's the Nintendo Podcast. We're we're always here to discuss the latest and greatest in Nintendo news. And one of the things that dropped this week was a new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, a lot of things revealed in this trailer, a lot of fun ideas, a lot of interesting characters. Uh, how are we feeling about this, this latest trailer in the Pokemon universe? This I feel out pretty... <laughs> Say I, again?
2: I, <laughs> the same. You still feel, feel still the same. What is yeah. Expound That's, on that. It's, I, I feel good about this one, but I still have my worries. Fair enough.
1: You know what I think about this trailer? I think that whoever made it was on drugs or at least had way too much coffee or something because it the pacing was out of control in this trailer it yeah was campbell like lightning that's
2: lightning speed it's all their trailers just have problems like yeah lie.
1: i know they all have problems but like literally you get five seconds to see like the coolest pokemon design you've ever seen and then suddenly there's like text blown up in your face but by the time you actually read it then you're going to see some random character art and then you get some story but then you can't You actually know what's going on because you have to read it because there's no voice acting. And then it switches to another Pokemon, then it goes to a new header, and it's like, we're going to a new story now. And I'm like, what am I looking at? There's this crab that looks like it's from N64. Okay, that looks great. Oh, I can't look at it anymore. Here's this Mega Man X-style guy. Okay, I can't see him anymore. You know, it's just the content is there. It's really cool content they were showing off. It was absolute madness the the way they were showing it off. Uh, fully agree. Um,
0: <laughs> I did enjoy watching the trailer. Listen, we're not gonna. Okay, listen, guys. We uh, to be to be clear, this is not the this is not the podcast where we dissect every trailer that comes across our our mm-hmm. eyeballs as much as it may seem. That unless way, lately, if it's Sonic Frontiers, and we unless gotta Sonic that shit apart. <laughs> unless it's Sonic Frontiers or Pokemon Scarlet and mm-hmm. Violet, mm-hmm. Um, I I'm still obsessed with all the character designs in this game. Um, they do look uh, great. They look great. They're all very hot, which is exciting. Except
2: for the main character.
0: I'm not a fan of how the face uh, looks fair for the protagonist. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm yeah, I guess I haven't thought about it that much. I'm just talk, I'm talking specifically about like the NPCs. The oh yeah, areas, everything like, looks great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially
1: that like what was the the fire gym leader or I don't know if they were gym leader, but I think they're, the, the team, the, they're the team they're team the team they're the team rocket equivalents. Yes, with mm-hmm. those giant red boots, which are incredible. Star, I think they're called. Team, team Star. Star. Yeah.
0: Team Star, I'm all about them. I love that they rolled up on a giant car and just like, (laughs) let's do a Pokemon battle. I'm like, all right. I loved
1: that. Just, you know, seeing this tiny little... what, well, what's the name of the dinosaur guy again the apple dinosaur pokemon uh, oh, uh for coco there you go just seeing a tiny little foie on one side and then a gi- giant car a giant car and then that a look- car, the yes. car yes that looks like it's from like uh 3d world you know the car that bowser drove yes. in that game looks like ripped straight from that it's ridiculous but i love that yeah it
0: looks uh <laughs> it looks really fun um that was exciting um I liked the, uh, I think it was the grass-type gym leader who just straight-up had a whip. Like, I'm going to whip <laughs> the hell out of you. I was like, that's that's inappropriate for Pokemon, but, like, why not? Like, let's
1: go. Yeah,
0: uh, enjoy Pokemon
1: that. for grown-ups,
0: yeah. Pokemon for grown-ups, finally. We've all, that's all we've ever wanted. Um, so that was fun. Um, how do we feel about the, the new Pokemon that were revealed? There was the crab guy, as we mentioned. Um, big crab, he was very large. Um, there was... Yeah, I, I I love that you brought up Mega Man X. Definitely look like a Mega Man X character. These mm-hmm. these uh, kind of bladed bipedal, um, they barely to me barely look like Pokemon. They just look more like like just like people. Like <laughs> they just look like cool dudes. They look like cool guys. Yeah. Um, those were kind of neat. Um, anything else stick out to you about uh, uh, some Pokemon? Any new ones that jumped? Those are the only really new ones, right? Were those? Was it just those three? I think, I think it was are just the only those ones three, showing up. yeah. We, we
1: also All got right. to see uh, Grafaii, is that the name, uh, in in the trailer, so that was cool. Yes, I think so. Yeah, isn't this the first time we've actually seen it in-game? I know we had the cinematic trailer uh, not long ago. You might be right on that. I don't yes. know specifically. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which,
1: like, um, I, of I just course it... love the name. Graffiti-iai... I... It's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the combo. little, the little ghost looking, mm-hmm. not even, I don't
0: even know if it's a ghost or what, yeah, the kind of little, little, uh, little imp looking creature. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we saw that we've confirmed a few returning, uh, favorites. Um, there's that fire tortoise guy that I saw. I'm just kind of skimming the trailer now to be like, okay, what else, what else was like confirmed here? Um, uh, God, I can't remember any of these pokemon names guys. I'm I'm the worst <laughs> to talk about pokemon with because I again it's all crystallized so for me remember. around around gen 2 is like I'm like yep that's pokemon but uh so it's um, a
1: whole bunch of silly little guys now.
0: Yeah, what is it? Sunflora is here? That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um oh the little grass guy, the little um seedling looking dude. Um Smoliv, I was like a Smoliv. Smoliv is great. We love Smoliv. Oh yeah, Soda Widow is back. That's great. Um yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff here. Yeah. We got to see more um <laughs> more of the legendary Pokemon like traversal mechanic in action, which still looks hilarious to it's me.
1: It's still just very disturbing.
0: <laughs> extremely funny watching him run on all fours when he clearly has wheels in his body. Very He's funny. Literally the Fred Flintstone Pokemon. It's so funny. Is, yeah. I can't get over it. It's it's incredible. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's it looks fun. And again, more they seem to really be doubling down on the like you can you can go do the gym leaders, you can go do the story quests. Like they seem to really be like you can do all these things. I do having watched that trailer though, it does make me wonder like what is the depth of all of those three things? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah, kind of worries me. Yeah that's, yeah, that's exactly what, what I was yeah. thinking. Because after this, this trailer was cool, but my main impression right afterwards was just show us raw gameplay, you cowards! You yeah. know, like we've seen so many cinematic angles and cutscenes and all this kind of stuff from the game, but we don't actually know what the moment-to-moment gameplay looks like. We don't mm-hmm. know what the the world traversal looks like, what the UI looks like. They keep talking about it being an open-world Pokemon game, but we haven't actually seen anybody the exploring that yeah. open world right but right. and, and by this time in the lead up to legends arceus i'm pretty sure we would had some pretty deep dive gameplay trailers you know just a month or two until release mm-hmm. um so it's just kind of bizarre and it does make me worried about how does the game look moment to moment is this going to be like just the wild areas from sword and shield blown up with no improvements because if so then that's quite worrying so yeah it just I mean, depends. I- so, this game is about,
0: this game was out November 18th, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're about a little over two months away. I imagine we'll get like, do you think we'll get like a direct leading up, like like a month oh, out? we'll
2: 100% get a Pokemon direct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably get a direct yeah, that, like, that. that like goes really deep into gameplay, or you know, like whatever, 10 minutes into gameplay mm-hmm. or something like that. So we'll probably get like one more really in-depth look at this game right before it comes out. Um, That said, I think we can all agree, like, I think we're all cautiously optimistic. I know we've said this before on the show, but, like, I think we're all cautiously optimistic (sighs) about the state of this game, even though we were all very, uh, you know, unenthusiastic when it was announced that there would be a mainline Pokemon title this year Mm -hmm. so soon after Legends Arceus. Campbell wrote a whole article.
1: I wrote a whole article (laughs) about just how disappointed I was in the Pokemon.
0: You you got to do a follow-up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, seriously like you have to like i think i think you are obligated to do a That's you are true. morally That's morally and ethically obligated morally, Campbell, to by do a follow-up
1: the, by the code of journalism i mm-hmm. just have to do it all it's righty. all about
0: ethics in uh, video game journalism as we of can course, all agree the most um, <laughs> it,
1: integrity is vital in the world of digital entertainment journalism
0: oh god um
2: we'll post an yeah. article with a sentence and then
1: we'll finish it later it- <laughs> You know, it's fine. One um, sentence to say I, I don't <laughs> want Pokemon this year, and then two months I'll fill it in and be like, okay, here I've actually played the game now. And now here's what I think. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, uh,
0: it's looking it's looking interesting. I'm I'm I will withhold judgment until the full game comes out, but mm-hmm. it does. I I cannot believe I'm saying this. I might buy two mainline Pokemon games this year, um, having purchased. Legends Arceus earlier in the year, and who knows, I might end up with Violet or Scarlet by the year's end. For, for I was about I to say, you're going to find you Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> no like Cameron, no. Can you no, imagine if I, you if I bought both, them. both of them? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know, know was I was like, thinking you know, maybe you and your wife were going to find I was going to say, something. one for me, one yeah. for my wife. No, no just uh, two for you. Just Two for me. <laughs> Listen,
0: guys, husband. I did do that. When Gold and Silver came out, I did buy both Gold and Silver, because I was very... Because that was me. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. I did did that. you buy Crystal? No, I didn't buy Crystal Google. until a, co- oh a couple a couple <laughs> months ago. I got I got it on my DS, oh yeah uh, right 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 on, right on my on my 3ds yeah. somewhat recently. So I do have that. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. Uh, no, although listen, it, it is a lot to ask my wife to put down Stardew Valley to to start playing a brand new game. I will I will say. Um, we'll see if she's uh, interested in a brand new Pokemon game. Um, <laughs> that would be a fun social experiment, to be honest. Uh, anything else we got to say about this trailer before we, uh, before we move on to our next topic of the night?
1: I mean, we got to talk about the new Switch OLED design, too. Oh, my God. oh yeah, I forgot about do that Do we... we absolutely have to, just because I think it's a cool design, but I'm, I'm so delighted that it carries on the proud tradition of a cool Nintendo console version releasing precisely two weeks before the game it's based on comes out. So that way they don't have to include the game in it. <laughs> this is really stupid yeah. i still think the splatoon one looks better oh my god no so <laughs> what do you, you guys i think the splatoon one looks good okay
2: this but- this pokemon the dock looks fantastic but i think the the console itself literally looks like a graffiti mess
1: you see, I think the same thing about the Splatoon one. Damn. Just because like <laughs> I think that the Splatoon color scheme only works if you already like Splatoon. Mm-hmm. You know? Like if you don't have that sentimental attachment to it, it just kinda looks like a like like barf colors mixed together. <laughs> wow. Whereas the Pokemon design you've got really cool outlines of the legendaries and the colors complement each other nicely. They it do. It just looks yeah. cool.
0: So what do we think about the idea? of not like i think the color scheme is like pretty good for this this new switch oled model but i think it's interesting that they just you have to buy the complete switch oled you can't just buy the joy con do you know what i mean like you have to buy the full new system what do we think about that decision like uh, like why not just have this color scheme so you can buy the joy con pack instead of having to buy a whole new system
1: you know I mean, that would be nice, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. They just have to squeeze as many hardware sales and money from uh, you as possible. I guess that yeah. question kind po- of answers itself, They doesn't.
2: have to just put it as a console. They know it's going to sell. And it'll I be a collector's know. item down the line. If they do, like, small restocks here and there, it'll and like, way, sell out. Yeah.
1: And this way, people who already have two Switches are going to be like, well, man, I already got the Sword and Shield themed uh, uh, Switch Lite. So now I need to get the Scarlet and Violet themed Switch OLED, you know, Mm -hmm. so you get that way you can double down on the hardware sales, too. Uh, Yeah, that's I mean, I hate that you're right,
0: but you're right. (laughs) Me too. Now, Now, do I get an OLED. (laughs) That's the big question. Yes. Uh, listen, I mean, I don't know, Mark. At this point, I would just hold out, like. Yeah, a, that's what i would say until waste your money. switch to. I, I really was. Okay, fair enough. It's good. It's listen, like, it's it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool, especially if you play games on handheld a lot, which I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it's like game changing, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, that's
2: the that's the thing. I used to play. You know what? While I'm home from college, I usually play a lot in bed. I feel like. Right. So I feel like there I get a lot of use, but now that I'm at college, and you know, there's like less people in the house, and there's less worry about like noise and stuff. Like I just mm-hmm. throw it in the dock. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> right. So
0: yeah, if that's the case, then like, no, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, that's like, fair. Um, I, I
1: will uh, go back on my statement. Then it doesn't sound like it's worthwhile
0: for you, Mark Campbell. <laughs> we know that you work for Nintendo and you're trying to get them more money, but it's yes. not. Which is why I advocate for buying way.
1: another unit. Based on Scarlet this, and Violet, you know exactly. Yeah. This is not the way. Um,
2: not the way. Um, okay, paid fine. journalist Campbell Gill is going to say, "I was wrong about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet <laughs> in two months."
1: That's right. <laughs> yes, That's of right. course. Uh, with a little Nintendo trademark next to of my course. name or something. Mm-hmm. We're right just going to throw in the
2: watermark in the, the you know the image for and, no reason. And mm-hmm. just
1: in the image, you'll see Doug Bowser peeping over the corner maybe because mm-hmm. uh, I'm ready. Yeah, his, his, his arms folded as he glares at you. I'm going to change about my it. profile picture on Goomba Stomp to me in a little cardboard box at Nintendo headquarters in Washington. Yeah, that's just that's normal stuff. Yeah, very um, normal. Anyway, we'll, <laughs> so we're, <laughs> we're gonna that we're how long gonna... been going for it now? Let's <laughs> yeah, almost, <laughs> almost as long as we've been recording this podcast. Nice. Um, I'm so sorry for every anybody who's jumping in now and wondering why I'm always in a cardboard box. But anyway. I'll let you wrap up the segment, Cameron. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. We're gonna li-
0: we're gonna let that mystery linger. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and talk about some indie games that Campbell and I have been enjoying. Hang tight. We'll be back shortly. Some some indi- some uh, oh boy some indie games recently got ported to Switch that uh, I have been very excited to play. So I've been playing them for the last week or so. Uh, Campbell and I have been pronouncing the name of this game differently, so I'm going to go with my pronunciation. But if we need to change it, that's fine. I've been calling it Ano Mutationem, but Campbell's been saying Ano Mutationem.
1: For no full idea. disclosure, I never learned Latin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have never learned Latin. To All be clear. I know is um,
1: it it means year of changes, so uh, or a year change. Ooh, so. that,
0: this is this is excellent context for uh, for this game. Uh, uh, animutationum. If we want to call it that, you know, it's
1: is starting to like get under my skin. The way you pronounce that now, so we, <laughs> we can call it. Call ono. it. No, it doesn't. Can call is it, ono? it ono? or Ano? Yeah, I think it's Ano. Mark, we don't know. We don't know. That's <laughs> it, it, the entire it's from, point. It's also made in China as well, so it's not like these are like Latin hard and, experts. Hard and fast. Hard yeah, gotcha, fast gotcha. gotcha. I don't know how uh, they're so, made in China either. So, <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> the point is, this game is an is a cyberpunk action adventure i guess we can safely call it that Mm -hmm. a heavy focus on exploration and uh sense of place that weirdly and excitingly i would say shifts into a 2d kind of action platformer every so often uh like one of the one of the strangest games i've ever played i can i can like freely admit Mm -hmm. uh I've been playing this game kind of off and on for the last week or so, and at first I was kind of like, it's not not really doing it for me. I don't really like the world is pretty cool. I like some of the characters, but like overall I'm not really getting what they're trying to do here. And then like last night, (laughs) it really kicked into high gear for me when with the kind of a chase sequence that ends in a boss fight where you're you're kind of exploring, you're gathering clues, and then all of a sudden it's like, right. Now you're in this 2D section, and you're racing through 2D, you're doing some platforming, you're battling, like, thugs, or skipping past them if you so desire, um, crashing through doors, it shifts back into, like, a -a 2.5D mode. You go through another door, it shifts back into 2D, and it's like, oh, that's what this game is trying to do. And, like, the, the kind of interplay between shifting into a full 2D game and shifting out of that was, like, very exciting for me, and I, I, super enjoyable, I found. Um, Campbell, you reviewed this full game for the website. I'm going to be writing about kind of my experiences of the Switch version of this title. Uh, why don't you kind of give us the, the... I don't think we ever talked about it on this podcast before because it was formerly not on the Switch, so we mm-hmm. we kind of uh, uh, delayed talking about it until just now. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give me kind of your high-level thoughts about... Anno Mutationum, since we're kind of on the topic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so this initially released as a, a PS5 exclusive and, and PC, but PS5 console exclusive it was actually created as part of Sony's initiative to support Chinese developers for PlayStation hmm. platforms, which is a pretty cool background. And I, I picked up the game knowing almost nothing about it. All I'd seen was just like a trailer and I was like, yo, the vibes look immaculate in this game. And that was all I knew about it. But then going into it, It's exactly like you said, Cameron. It's one of the strangest games I've ever reviewed. Just because you go into it... And it has a really slow burn at the start very it lays the cyberpunk setting very thick cyberpunk and anime vibes are you know throughout the whole game and it spends a lot of time in the world building you play as a character named on uh she's a woman with uh some sort of mysterious disease basically or condition and you don't really get many details about what her condition is eventually you learn that she has i think it's a brother who's missing and then you know yes this, this mystery starts to build and it just gets bigger and more convoluted and the narrative gets really thick but and it takes a while for it to get going but once you have that moment that you were talking about cameron where it shifts into the 2d perspective you know it's a fast-paced frantic action platformer 2d action game it is intense and it only gets better from there with there are some crazy scenarios that go throughout it lots of different combos it really crazy enemy designs the story goes into some very unexpected directions and i think that even if it takes a while to get going that world building does pay off the more you play it as it it just leans into this it's really impressively realized uh sci-fi neon drenched world you know to use a kind of uh cliche description of what a cyberpunk game can be uh but it's just really well executed throughout it um it, it was i was really caught off guard by just how well realized the game is what it set out to do and just how it pulled it off uh, I really, really quite enjoyed it. And one thing I don't think we touched on, and I'm not sure if you've encountered this yet, Cameron, but there is a cyberpunk corgi at one point in the game. Mm, and I, once I got that, I was like, alright, this is a 10 me? out of 10. Yep. <laughs>
0: Mark's, Mark's just suddenly yeah. like, you have my attention. Like,
1: Just yeah, uh, say corgi, and you know, Mark's Springs. Corgi? Game of the
0: year? That's it's how right? it
1: works. It's literally, you're at a weapon shop, and there's like a corgi on the, sitting on the counter, and you can talk to the cyberpunk corgi. Wow. And it's one of the most beautiful things. Is he a uh, good no, businessman
2: have... or woman?
1: He's a good boy, I'll tell you <laughs> He's that. A good boy? Mm. He's a good uh, weapon boy. What's That's the a current no, I... a good arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've not
0: uh, I've not encountered the Cyberpunk Corey just yet. Keep but playing. yeah, I I do agree with you, Campbell. The vibes are really good. Mm-hmm. I like listen, the cyberpunk aesthetic is kind of I'm not going to say it's overdone at this point, but I'll right. say it's it's kind of zeitgeisty right now. Like, obviously, oh, you had kind of the infamous rise and fall of Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's kind of still on the brain. Um, you had Blade Runner 2049 a few years back. Like, that's still very popular. Like, like, like people still love this genre. There's a there's a lot to say, and, and like, there's a lot of interesting kind of metaphysical things that the that the uh, space allows for, which is always good I think it's especially like in this day and age I think that the themes of cyberpunk is still very relevant in fact one of the things over the pandemic that I did was pick up a uh, a tabletop card game that has been discontinued called Android Netrunner hmm. uh, which is a it's a it's a tabletop we were just it's funny off when we were off mic we were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh, Pokemon trading card game and just like card games in general and Android Netrunner is a, a trading card game that is also like specifically a tabletop game. Like, there's not like collecting in this game, especially nowadays because the game is done. And they, don't, they don't make new cards for this game, it has been discontinued. But you could buy a complete set of it, um, you know, on eBay, like I did over the pandemic. Um, nice and like even though that game is at the end of the day like it's a it's a tabletop game there's not a lot of like storytelling lore going on you can still kind of infer those 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 types of things through the flavor text of the cards the themes are always fascinating to me it's like it's it's people speaking truth to power it's uh people exploring what does it mean to be a human it's okay, what do, what do cybernetics mean for humanity? Like, does it improve humanity? Does it make humanity less valuable? Like, what does it even mean? Like, those kinds of themes are very present in the cyberpunk genre, and I think thoughtfully explored in this game. Again, I haven't completed the game yet. I'm still pretty early on. But, uh, Campbell, I know you mentioned in your review that these are themes that are very prevalent kind of throughout the story in this game, and, and do you think that kind of holds through
1: for the duration of it? absolutely and there were there were a few moments in the game where it's so hard to really put a finger on what the game's tone is it's bonkers it is very bonkers because it is extraordinarily silly and stupid sometimes very silly very silly and all i'll say is that around i want to say 10 hours into the game maybe a little a little give or take a few hours there was a like absurdly long cutscene involving santa claus What? Robot Santa Claus. Yeah. And the weirdest thing is it works and it made me emotional. Wow. (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) at first I was watching, I was like, this is the stupidest freaking thing I've ever seen. Why why am I just sitting here for like 15 minutes or whatever watching this cutscene involving good old anime Saint Nick? And then suddenly it like dawns on you. And then there's like this crazy revelation that results from it. And now I'm like, they actually made that work. What the heck? (laughs) Like my entire understanding of the story is just shifted. Um, so that's what really makes the game stand out. It's the way the tone goes all over the place yet somehow it works. You have this little hologram girl that has a crush on you, <laughs> a very heavy oh, yeah. crush on you. Ayane, who, oh, yeah. who, who Ayane. refers
0: to you as darling every time she opens her mouth, darling, oh, what darling. are you doing? Like it's well, it's a, <laughs> yeah, and then mark, mark your mark your initial reaction is correct of oh god. um... Uh, but it kind of works in the context of the game because, exactly. it, like, it, she works as a foil for the main character. The the main character, like, eh, the main ca- the player character, is is like your standard no nonsense, straight laced mercenary type. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, like I've played a billion of these characters. Like, sure, uh, but it's kind of count the, the the counterbalance with Ayane, who's kind of this AI. Extremely over the top. Always just wants a kiss uh, mm-hmm. companion. the 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 uh, the way the two play off each other is very funny and and really I I think it works. Yeah, and that's just that's just one example of the tone. All the shopkeepers, all the NPC characters, kind of have this blend of is it over the top? Is it does it fit with the world? And the answer is yes to both. Because that's just the world that they've created. Um, and I think that this game is obviously inspired by a lot of great cyberpunk works of fiction. Like, there, there's parts where you're moving through the main city and you'll kind of zoom out and, and get a get a sense of scale. And you'll see the player character kind of looking over skyscrapers and, yep, there's flying cars. Yep, there's holograms that are advertisements for big corporations. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things you've seen in Blade Runner are present in this game, and I don't know if that's necessarily gotcha. good. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's necessarily good or bad. It's a little derivative, but I don't think it's necessarily a negative. It's it's clearly that this this game serves as a love letter to the genre as well as its own. It's nothing it has its wrong own. Yeah, exactly. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It has its own. It has its own things to say, but uh, it is very much like riffing on popular works that have come before. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, though.
1: Absolutely, uh, and yeah, I just think that the dialogue throughout the game—not just the dialogue that you have in major cutscenes, but like you were saying, Cameron, the random characters you just find hanging out at the shops along the way—it just goes a long way towards building up this world that really realizes this, those common cyberpunk themes of, you know, what does it mean to be human? You know, what what's the boundary between organic and mechanic? Uh, how do we yeah. stake out our own individuality in a world that's being increasingly dominated by over overbearing corporations all that kind of stuff it's really flesh out realized that way like i when i wrote my review a few months back i literally opened it with a quote from just a random anonymous note a little piece of environmental world building that you find in a a little dungeon around halfway through the game that just reads it's better to be cold at least it reminds me i'm still human how should i define myself after evolving (laughs) It's just, like, yeah. you just have those, those, that's just one example that happens so many times throughout the game. Uh, it's, yeah. like, impressive how much you it throw it in there without it feeling, like, too corny or yeah, trying there's, too there's
0: hard. Yeah, there's a, there, exactly, I think the trap of this kind of game, or maybe even the cyberpunk genre in general, is that it can feel very tryhardy.
1: Oh, yeah. Um. And I think this game mostly avoids that. Yeah, of Um, course, there are instances where it doesn't really work, or some characters are like, you know, way too overwritten, I'd say. But for the most part, it's pulled up very impressively. Like when I was playing this game for the first time, it really reminded me, and I made a favorable comparison against a game that I talked about on the very first episode that we hosted, the three of us of the podcast. I talked about a game called Cloudpunk. Uh, yes, I yes. remember that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was also a... Um a cyberpunk game with a high def pixelated voxel aesthetic that tried to go for many of the same themes that i know mutation them goes for but it just was so heavy-handed so overwrought every character was a walking stereotype and i was like yes i get it mr billionaire you're evil and you hate poor people that's great now just get out of my car you know it would just be it was kind of uh, unbearable towards the end of it because it just kept playing on tropes with nothing to really make the world feel real and mutation them really gets away from that by being so consistent with the world building throughout both major and minor characters consistent, con- contributing to the vibes that it wants to create and then balancing that out with just a really engaging addictive gameplay loop with all of the action this really hectic a combat system, memorable bosses and cinematic events. And then by the time you get through those action scenes and it complements those with a protracted cinematic uh sequence where you're exploring the world, talking to characters, it has a good loop going that all fits into that that world building. So I thought it was really compared to a lot of other attempts at it, it was a really impressively executed take on on the cyberpunk gameplay style. Yeah, it's I think it has
0: I mean I'm going to like obviously I'm going to play more of it. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying it more than I thought that I would. At first I was like, "Oh, uh, I don't know." Mm-hmm. Um right. but it, it's 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 growing on me. Um more more than I thought that it would. And and again, I think a, lo- a lot of that is due to just that the style is really outstanding. Uh yeah. the style really really works for me. It's such a beautiful when, game. It's a beautiful game. And and I think the thing that they're going for kind of that like when you're in the exploration mode and it has that sort of it's not quite isometric but it has like that sort of two and a half d mm. style like fixed where you're camera moving angles and stuff it's got fixed camera angles you're moving a 2d sprite character through a polygonal world and you're encountering other 2d sprite uh, sprite work pixel art characters that just it it like Really lands for me, and I can only imagine it looks incredible on the PS5. It looks like fine on the Switch. I, again, I, I'm I'm reviewing the Switch version. I ah yeah. oh boy, I got I got you know I gotta kind of dump on it a little bit. Obviously, the load times are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like some slowdown and hitching here and there. It's like the, it's that classic Switch thing. I imagine this some of this stuff will be addressed via patches, but at the end of the day, it's the Switch. You're you're gonna take what you can get. I I I, I can't even. Imagine what it would look like on the PS5 because there is some it looks really, really cool. Good. I'm sure, I'm sure um, it does. I'm the sure the reflections,
1: just the reflections and the puddles in the water are like crazy. Yeah. It, you know, you just see little like raindrops there just plopping into these puddles in the street, and you can see the reflections of the city lights and the billboards and the cars flying above. You know, it was really a stunner on, on PS5. But I will say though, the loading times also sucked on the PS5 version. Oh, really? Okay. So well, I that's, think just, thats kind of no, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Wait, wait a minute. This is probably just not great at optimizing. On top yeah. of on top of just the limitations you know, of the Switch. Do you know? if this is their first game? As far as I'm aware, yes. I don't know of any other games by this this company. So this is interesting. Let me look it up real quick. Thinking. Just curious. Games. Oh, wait, they have a few other games, apparently. Uh, Oh, nice. They have something called The Deep Battle of Jove and Fringe Wars. Fringe Wars. Which sounds like a a relatively fitting title for uh, a developer that makes, like, anime games and stuff. Uh, Nice. Well, it looks like they actually published all of these other games. So perhaps this is their first stab at development. Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
0: that said, I think if it is a first effort, or at least I think we could confidently agree that it is an early effort from this company, it's like solid. It's certainly solid, totally, um, yeah. and I would be curious to see how they would, you know, expand or continue in this in the style or in this aesthetic. Um, if you like the cyberpunk genre, if you like games that are trying something new. I think this game is taking some swings, especially in the exploration. Um, it just like, in, in the mechanical sense. I think it's taking some interesting... It has some interesting ideas. Like, obviously, you still got your skill tree. You've still got some... The combat... I think the combat is, like, fine. It's not amazing. Um, but again, only because I have played a, a million... Of these kinds of games, yeah, and the uh, combat I, I,
1: does get better I, later on. Does it get better? Well. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay, yeah, no. Cool. When I wasn't really a huge fan of it at first either, but once you first you get used to the mechanics, and then it starts adding in some new abilities and stuff, it gets a lot cooler.
0: Oh, great. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, that's encouraging. Um, because again, I'm not. I'm only a few hours in, so I'm not. I don't think I'm. I think I've barely scratched the surface. Like I'm just getting to the point where you can upgrade your weapons and add like elemental effects to them like i'm just now getting to that mm-hmm. point so i imagine right. things get a little more hectic and a little more interesting
1: as the game goes on yeah right after this you start getting new weapon types and stuff like, uh, really okay. switch up the gameplay style
0: fair enough okay I'll, i will take that into consideration as we continue playing this game um it's a good game I think we can. I think we can both agree that it is a solid game, and it's. And it, of course, the Switch is like the perfect platform for this kind of thing. Like, it's. It's. I don't think playing it on the Switch is massively impacting the gameplay experience, at least so far. Like, maybe, maybe in later combat encounters, like the the, the hardware might become an issue, but so far, it's like, yeah, I can, I can, I can accept what is being gifted to me. Um. That might change. I'll, I'll let you guys know if that changes down the line. But uh, you know, th- this kind of game I think is is always very well suited to the Switch. Like it feels very intimate to be playing it on handheld mode mm-hmm. and exploring this cool cyberpunk city of these rundown dungeons or whatever. Like that that part always feels really cool um, in handheld mode. So uh, we're gonna call it there for Ano mutationum, Ano mutationum, Whenever we decide to call this game uh we're gonna take one more quick break and talk about another game that is also uh well I, don't, I think it has some some related themes to this one uh so stay tuned and we'll be right back with a little bit of initial impressions of haiku the robot so stay tuned and we'll be back Alright, we are back. So, uh,
1: Campbell, Haiku Haiku the Robot. A truly poetic Metroidvania. A truly poet
0: a truly. Hmm
1: No, that's that's mm-hmm. not a Haiku. That's just a pun. Okay, okay, great.
0: <laughs> I was uh I was, I was, was trying to <laughs> I was trying to uh to suss that one out. Haiku the robot is a game that has been out for a while, but it recently came to Switch, uh, and we've both been playing it. Campbell and I have both been playing it. Delightful, delightful, delightful game. Um, very I, okay. I don't think it's unfair to to instantly compare this game to Hollow Knight. Is that
1: is that bad? No, it's. I mean, it's it's literally Robot Hollow Knight.
0: It's Robot Hollow Knight. Um, but don't take that as a negative. Take that as like, oh, I loved Hollow Knight and silk song is never coming out so no, therefore <laughs>
1: <laughs> so just enjoy this wonderful work of playable poetry and, yeah you know the the, the name itself is is I, i've already made two puns about it it's quite poetic and the game is just are inspired are they puns
0: are those even puns though or are you just like saying they, what it is you know they're
1: they're wordplay they're okay clever literary word um, That's true. But Very this clever. game has just inspired such feeling in me that I had to express it through verse. So um, clearly I spent so long laboring over a haiku about this game. I didn't just write it in three minutes before this segment started. No, of course I really put yeah. a lot of thought into this. Uh,
0: so. No, it's uh, like I think that I think let's let's yeah, let's let's lay it out here. So
1: uh, do, I, do Robot, I not get to read my haiku? okay go ahead (laughs) rolling through the caves rusted ambient waves dropping the robot a poem (laughs)
0: wow you know what it was worth it yeah right it was worth it snaps
1: incredible (laughs) incredible
0: yeah it's a little
1: abstract but i think as we'll probably unpack throughout this discussion trying to capture the really cool vibes that you get while you're playing haiku the robot
0: yeah well the the legendary haiku poet uh basho was always about it's like it's got to be a little bit abstract because a, a haiku is all about evoking emotion and campbell i think what you what you did there was evoke some emotion so yeah, like nicely up. I,
1: I was drawing from my years of studying basho's poetry the uh, yes. journey to the interior and everything or how, what i don't even remember what his poetry collection is called but uh that one I, there's
0: a few. I mean, you know, he was writing. He was writing a few centuries ago. So there, there's, a few, uh, <laughs> there's a few. There's a few. You know, a few. A few collections out there. I'm sure. Exactly. Um, yes. Uh, it's a good game. It's uh It's like I, I know we, we've kind of been like kind of throwing the phrase, oh, it's a lot like Hollow Knight around kind of liberally, but it really, really, really is, Um, down to the, like, the weapon that you have and the way you collect currency, but that said, there are a few meaningful differences, Uh, a couple things that spring to mind, I think this game, at least so far for me, and Campbell, I don't know how much time you've put into it, I've I've put a couple hours into it likewise um,
1: i'm a couple hours in
0: okay so i i think one thing that i appreciate so far about haiku the robot is that it seems a little less restrictive about like the locations you can visit and the order in which you visit them
1: oh absolutely um, there have already been a few times where i'm like am i supposed to be at this yes. section now because i am like yes. i walk in the door and i die like i don't i don't know <laughs> if i'm supposed to be able to go into the flaming inferno just yet <laughs> Uh, the answer is no,
0: uh, no. you are not. Um, but
1: it's cool that you have the option to do that at right. Least. Well, Right. Well,
0: it's, it's got that thing of like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, but I'm just going to keep going along as best I can. And, and most of the time, you can continue to progress in that direction. Uh, eventually, you do hit like some like, okay, clearly you need like a double jump or something. There's a few of those where it's like, all right, I, obviously you need to get, this specific upgrade before you can progress forward. Do you have the Morph Ball yet? I do, yeah. You literally yeah, okay. so have like, the Morph yeah. Ball in this game. Which There's a ball in this wonderful. game? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, like, obviously, once you get the Morph Ball, you can go through gaps, and, like, you know, that opens up a lot of the the, the world. I think I think that the, the action feels really good. I mm. like that you can heal yourself using your currency, so there's kind of, like, a, kind of a cool push and pull there. It's like, mm. oh, do I save... This, uh, every time you defeat an enemy, you you collect spare parts, and you can spend those spare parts on various chips to upgrade your weapon and other, you know, other collectibles and items. And it's like, oh, do I, but, you know, you might find yourself in a tough spot against, you know, against a boss or another enemy. it's like, okay, do I spend those spare parts trying to repair myself, or do I just, like, do my best to tough out this battle and save the
1: money? Like, I like that kind of push and pull there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you lose half I of like your money every time you die, so it adds. The classic, yeah, the classic, classic yes.
0: Uh, but there's ways to mitigate. There's ways to mitigate that. Like mm-hmm. I, I currently, I found an item that lets me um, store my spare parts um, with a bird, um, and I can summon that bird upon uh, finding certain locations in the game so I can like summon the bir- I love that bird it's great you can summon the bird you can you can fill them up with your with your money it's basically a bank and then you can withdraw that money as needed um, so yeah there's there's ways to mitigate the sting of loss which is fun um, I will say the so far I don't think the narrative is doing a lot for me um, I was much more compelled by the kind of the creepy Sort of the I don't know which what you want to call it. Like if we're gonna compare it directly to Hollow Knight, I prefer the, <coughs> the mystery of Hollow Knight to this game so far. Right? There's, you know, I think there's 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 enough here to keep me going. I don't think I'm gonna stop playing this game. But I think at least so far, and again, we're both Campbell and I are, are are I think we're only scratching the surface of this game. It feels very large, at least based on the map. Um and then the sections of the map that I have not yet uncovered. It's like, okay, I feel like this feels like a pretty big game. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far we've got themes of like humanity's hubris. Um, and you know, what does an AI run world look like? And how does that break down? Like, are we reliant too much upon technology? Like the, those themes are all there. I'm curious to see how they, you know, how they spin off and, and, and develop as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if this game seems to take place in a post-apocalypse where humanity no longer exists. I, I wonder if that is indeed the case. Um, it wouldn't shock me if there was some kind of reveal, like or twist late in the game, of like, oh my gosh, that you know humanity does exist, or they went off-world, or you know, whatever, like something, something like that. Yeah. Um, it sounds like I'm dismissive of <laughs> of like the writing of this game, but I'm not. I, I am enjoying it so far. I'm just I'm wondering if it'll it'll stick the landing as as the game continues.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, it's just a different approach to writing compared to Hollow Knight, right? Where Hollow Knight has a lot of actual pieces of lore that are slowly sprinkled throughout and these really cryptic (laughs) characters. And there are characters like that in Haiku the Robot as well, and quite a few really cute ones too. I like this uh, detective guy that you find a few times who's always talking about how like, hmm, yes, I'm finding these clues, you know, and I am the the the, the ace detective.
0: is his name Limerick? Is that, his name is, that the is Limerick, the detective. Yes. yes. See, all the, all the characters are kind of named off of literary devices.
1: I should have written a limerick instead of a haiku for this. <laughs>
0: listen, listen, Campbell, when you fully review this game, we can return to it and you'll have a, a lovely. Li- there once was a robot named Haiku. Uh, you know, know what I mean? Like he could, was we... eating his
1: shoe. There we go. <laughs> he woke in a fright. Ow. He wo- Wait, he woke in the night in a terrible fright and he found it was perfectly true. There
0: you go. There you go, uh, yeah. d- That was off the dome. Like, imagine, imagine if you spent time on that. Like, oh my yeah. God. Shakespeare. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although
0: Shakespeare was not big on the limericks. He was more of the iambic pentameter type. Wait, uh, but what if
1: when I write the review, just every paragraph is in a different poetic form? You've got one paragraph wow. in iambic pentameter, one is in wow. Hiku, another is a limerick, that. one's in cool. ballad stanza, one is in uh, Homeric, trochaic... Uh, Septameters. I don't remember what meters. Sure. Listen, as someone as
0: someone who's not writing this review, I think this is a fantastic (laughs) idea. Uh, You should absolutely do all of those things you just said. I will do Um, all of them in that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the point is, it's it's really good. Um, I was instantly compelled in a way that I did not think I would be upon starting this game. There's just something very satisfying about rolling into a new room seeing uh, uh you know a pile of spare parts that you can't quite reach but you know you're gonna be able to come back and get to that later it's like there's something really good about that the combat is pretty tight and satisfying um, you have a sword um, and you can kind of jump and roll your way out of out of range of attacks um, I I don't know about you campbell I, I have I have yet to unlock any additional forms of combat um, beyond the chips that upgrade your weapon so I don't know if there's like Like, I don't know if you have, like, a bomb or, like, you know, whatever. Like, missiles or anything like that. Maybe maybe you unlock,
1: you know, more ways to fight. I did just Um, unlock a new ability that can be used in combat. Oh, okay. I'll I'll leave it at that. It doesn't seem like it's a really powerful tool, but a cool one to really change up how you handle combat. Yeah. I, I think that
0: this kind of game, I think you know, is improved by having additional forms of combat. Like one of the most fun parts of Hollow Knight was finding those charms and, and giving the knight, you know, additional ways to battle enemies, whether that was with a longer reach of the sword or like mm-hmm. you could do this you could swing the sword faster and, and have short range but high speed, you know, or or you could make your character into a ranged character, like that kind of thing. I I, I hope that, that Haiku the robot, you know, goes in that direction. Right. It, it's a uh, it's very but that being said, it's still really satisfying like i I fought at least three maybe four sort of mini boss or boss type characters so far and they're really fun like they're they're challenging they're they, that, that just the the perfect level of challenge where it's like oh no I I am down to my last bar of health I, I hope I defeat this character and then and then you're able to do it and it feels really good or like you you know they, they they kill you one time and it's like all right I'm I'm charged up I'm gonna try this again and then you do it after two or three tries like so so far the the combat is is hitting that sweet spot for me, um, uh yeah and I I wouldn't be opposed to, to having a little more challenge later in the game I, I I think I'm I think I'm up for that up for the task. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing more, and, and I, I think it's, it's very much. <laughs> and again, I know we've talked about this fairly frequently on the show.
1: It really is filling that silk song shaped <laughs> hole in my heart
0: right now. I think everything um, is,
1: is filling that hole because you just have to turn to anything, anything yeah. at all, anything you can get in order yeah. to get your Hollow Knight fix these days, I, yeah. your silk song fix. Exactly. I, I, it does kind of make me want to revisit Metroid Dread, a game
0: that I did not complete. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, me too.
2: I haven't, uh...
1: Haiku makes you want to <laughs> revisit whole... Metroid Dread as well? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just, haven't I, I was staring
2: while. at my <laughs> copy the other day, and I was like, I need to get back to this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Of course. Yeah. Ever
2: since I finished, um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, there are, like, certain metroid I've been wanting to play. Yeah. yeah, but first I've been completing the uh, the GBA games, which have been getting me oh, nice. more into Metroidvanias. I think I have Great. one left. I'm on the um, the one with Soma Cruz. I forgot what the name of it is. You're talking about Castlevania? Yeah, I. I right. Not Dawn of Sorrow. Um, w- whichever the third one is, Aria of Sorrow. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, that's the one I've been playing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 one of I don't know I. The more video games I play, the more I realize, like, yeah, this is probably my favorite genre. It's either it's either Metroidvanias or like Sony third-person character action games. 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 So, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are those are the games that I like as I continue playing playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Haiku the Robot is a, a worthy entry into that series. So it just yeah. dropped on Switch. It plays great. Um, obviously, it looks fantastic on an OLED. I've been playing it. Um, kind of I split my time between handheld and uh, throwing it up on the big screen and it's it's great either way um, do you have a preference Campbell for, for this kind of game on the Switch handheld all the way
1: like this is how way, I yeah. always play Metroidvania. it's just oh, for sure. me the best way is to just have a intimate close to your face so you can get Im- yeah. immersed in that world preferably like one or two inches away from your face so that we can destroy your eyesight while you're playing the game all the better to inspire your your haikus afterwards you know once there you're you struck go. with yes. blindness yes. then you're forced the you blind, to look within blind. cameron campbell <laughs> actually poet.
2: exclusively plays metroidvanias using the lab ovr kit oh wow yeah i had a yes, feeling the,
1: the maximum immersion Especially with Lays the 2D his hands hands out games.
2: Mm-hmm. Joy-Con in each arm. Puts the oh, headset yeah. on. Yeah. Hours in. Mo- yeah.
1: Motionless,
0: a... sitting at a kitchen table. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, that's how you do it.
1: It's a well-known per- fact that the the cardboard box that I'm hiding in at Nintendo HQ also it's doubles as a Labo, labo yeah, VR yeah.
0: headset. Gotta fold it, unfold it, kind of as the mm-hmm. as the day
1: goes on. Exactly. Uh,
0: so, so I imagine... <laughs> Uh, Campbell's gonna write the f- the full review for this game Campbell um, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably write something about it somewhere down the line so I imagine we'll return to haiku the robot as we've played more of it. But we just wanted to give it a little shout out as kind of our indie indie spotlight of the week mm-hmm. um, since we, since it just came out on switch and we've both been playing it um, gentlemen I think that's about an episode unless there's anything else we have to uh, any breaking news we have to go over I don't think that there is um, no
1: I don't think there's any Breaking news yeah. this time. Um, a breaking news is that haiku is really good. So that's
0: right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Um, I I imagine next week we'll be back to talk about Splatoon three and yes. any other oh, yeah. big releases a Nintendo oh, yeah. Direct because we're due. Yes, mm-hmm, it is. D- let's do a quick. Let's do. Let's do this quick. Uh, quick round the room predictions for Nintendo Direct. I know there's been sort of rumors of the fabled Zelda. Two pack collection of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Do you think there's any truth mm. to that? One hundred percent.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. If they did Mario 3D All Stars, except with Zelda, I don't believe in a two pack. I believe they're going to sell them separately. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think, think sell they'll sell them
1: separately. A... At the most, mm-hmm. charitably, they'll sell them for fifty dollars a pop instead of sixty. But that's only yeah. if they're feeling generous. They're they're hey, too hey,
2: premium yeah. of titles. You know that exactly. It's like they're they're just too good of a game to like to sell. Yeah. For Nintendo, at least, to sell at, like, a, a discount price or a bargain. Price. But they did the right. same thing with Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah, but 3D so, yeah, All-Stars... All three of those games were th- great.
1: The difference is that with 3D All-Stars, it was an N64 game, a GameCube game, and, and a Wii, Wii. game. Yeah. Which, all of which, they weren't really, like, full-on remastered to the same level as Twilight Princess and... Yeah, that's Wind very true. Sure. Wind, Waker. Wind Waker HD, yeah. yeah. I mean, Wind Twilight Waker H- was H- barely is, an upgrade. Wind Waker HD, though, was, you know... I've right.
2: always wanted to finish Wind Waker... You've you never finished it? One. No. Um, I I, I mostly watched satisfying, uh, yeah. satisfying. Extremely yeah. satisfying. It's so good,
1: especially in the HD version, because they cut out this really awful uh, side oh quest that you have <laughs> towards the end to streamline uh, it a lot.
0: Campbell, it's brutal. It's oh, so yeah. brutal. The the, uh, the 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 you're talking about reconstructing the triforce mm-hmm. pieces. It's that maybe put the game down. Chase in the entire I, I, world. That game came out when I was in high school, and I. I remember getting to that point in the game, and I just didn't. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Tw-, you know, whatever it is, like twenty-four times, or however, however many times you have to do it, it's like it's unbelievable. Um, but uh, but that's that. All that to say, the ending of tw- of uh, Wind Waker is one of the all timers. It's it's a it's a great ending. Twilight Princess too. Actually, I I really love the finale of of Twilight. Princess, oh man, to the be
1: final honest. battle in
0: Twilight yeah. Princess is so very epic. good. And Even really- trying to muddle through it with weak controls, <laughs> it's it's a fun time. Yeah. Man,
1: what if in the Switch version they keep the the motion controls and everything? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I, I listen. I wouldn't mind it as long as it's optional, optional right? Like mm. give give me the uh, the Skyward Sword treatment, you know. And make the motion controls like Skyward Sword then, basically. Nope. Like, that's I ever put into that's it. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> Didn't the Wii
2: U one have both the GameCube and Wii control scheme options? I think so. I'm don't pretty sure I don't H- know. I think the Wii U. H- I the the, uh, the HD one did. I'm pretty sure it had both.
0: I m I don't I guess we'll I guess we 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 could find this out right now, but we're not going to. Um, so obviously there's some Zelda predictions. Uh, there's the rumor, of course, the the uh, long continuing rumor of the Metroid Prime trilogy mm-hmm. announcement. Um, not on... oh, you don't think you think that's the? you think, no, I just you think yes think to Zelda? Effort. Yes.
1: Yes to Zelda. No to Metroid. No, Metroid just does not exist anymore. Just the Metroid wow. Prime games don't exist? Like we got I Feel Dread, like and it's not going to be
2: the trilogy. trilogy.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
2: I feel like it's just going to be like remasters of the individual games, and they're going to slowly build up to Metroid Prime 4 and like do a pretty big like overhaul on each title.
1: So, if they're going to do a big overhaul of three full games leading up to Metroid Prime 4, when does Prime 4 come out? (laughs) Uh, The next Nintendo console. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Announced it the year that the Switch came out. And it doesn't even. I up the Switch.
2: honestly, at this rate, I feel like that'll be the next like launch day. Like it's yeah, it's on Switch, but it's also on their next console.
1: That's probably that's pretty likely considering what happens. It's with the it's Wii Breath U. of the Wild but, all yeah. over again. It's the same thing. It's pretty close because Breath of the Wild was announced a year after the Wii U came out, mm-hmm. and that was a launch title for the Switch. Switch, so. yeah. That's tragic, but you're right that it's likely or plausible there you go. at least.
2: it's not the first time too. look at uh, Twilight Princess they did the same thing with that they kept promising there would be like that traditional Zelda after people complained about Wind Waker that's fair and then
1: came out literally the Wii's launch day
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: well I mean I
0: guess hopefully sorry go ahead Campbell
1: I was gonna say I've got another random prediction to put drop in here if we can Mm
0: -hmm.
1: alright we're gonna get a shadow drop of Advanced Wars Whoa. A shadow drop. That, yeah, that's shadow a dropped. great, a great prediction. Yeah, Because no. yes. they're
2: doing a physical print.
1: Well, that will come out later down the line. <laughs> so they'll just drop I don't, I don't think so. Copy, no, I don't. I think so. I, think I don't that think just, so. It's been delayed for so long. Nobody cares about the war in Ukraine anymore. Who? <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> <laughs> Clearly, nobody <laughs> does. That's what Nintendo. They have, will have to say. cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Did oh, not no. sound
2: right. That wording. <laughs>
1: no um but no i i think that at this point it's been so long that they'll just get it out the door if there is a physical release i'll come out a little later down the line hmm. and then it's Maybe. just done There's my i mean take. i'm
2: sure way forward is you know i feel like nintendo wouldn't screw them over because they gotta make money on this thing eventually
0: yeah, I mean, listen, it's all it's it's all going to happen, guys. Um, it, at some yeah. point, it'll happen. <laughs> One um, day. That'll probably about do it for us. Hopefully, we get the announcement date of that Nintendo Direct soon so that we can talk about it on the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some my writing over at com. Recently, I reviewed Immortality, the latest game from Sam Barlow and Half-Mermaid Productions, an FMV game that is just so good. Everyone should play it. Currently on Game Pass. Uh, so yeah, we should play that. I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Uh Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find
2: me over at the Markel. That's Mark with the C, Cal, with the Cake. Find me over on Instagram and Twitter. Right now, up on the website, you can read my review for Xenoblade Chronicles Three. You can also read all my coverage on the game. I got a ton of guides and ending explain and stuff. Like that. And then I will probably have Splatoon articles out before the next podcast. So look forward to that. And then over on TiltMagazine.net of course i got my reviews for she
0: hulk that's right just
2: keeps going downhill
0: (laughs)
1: there you go uh and campbell what about yourself you can find all my games writing over at Goombastomp.com. My most recent article is a transcript Q&A of our interview with Tom Hewlett from WayForward yes. that we had on the podcast last week. Uh, go give that a read for some of the highlights from our discussion and stay tuned for a brand new indie game spotlight coming up this weekend. If you want to keep up with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at C S G. Love it. N-Express is also on social media. We're at Express
0: Nintendo. Don't forget to rate, review... All those good you know, all those things that you do with podcasts <laughs> over on the podcast platform of your choice. Three hundred episodes, what a milestone. Uh, and of course shout outs to Ricky D and the former hosts of this podcast, uh, for making it what it is. And uh, thank you for passing the torch over to us. So congrats to all three of us and to Goomba Stomp for three hundred episodes of an Express Nintendo Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.